previously on Tales of the Voidfarer. I need you to ensure that a particular fighter comes out on top. I'll fix your fight. Everyone's waiting for somebody to challenge the champion. It'll never be too late to sign up, though. If there's no way in hell I'm going to fight the champion. <laughs> you have not been able to find Sir Braddock Forthright, Silence of Starlight, and Zillin Shade Thicket. They'll probably be at the block and tackle tonight. It's a fighting tavern. Oh, that sounds like the least appealing thing on this planet. You're not fighting? No. Do you plan on paying the forfeiture fee? What is it? 500 gold. They don't fuck around at the block and tackle. God damn it, there's nothing we can do. 500 gold pieces, we don't have it, so I guess you're gonna have to fight. I am taking my crossbow and I'm shooting Ravnus in the heel. Natural one. It whizzes past Marco and hits the dude that was right behind him. <laughs> and he drops like a ton of bricks. I don't think she even noticed. Yeah. And Ravnus, our winner! And the crowd is cheering. Put me down! We gotta help him! He, he didn't get up. It is the three queen. All right. What's next? shit next year we gotta we gotta stop ah <laughs> oh, fuck we gotta do a podcast now <laughs> <laughs> all righty so how are we doing emotionally after the end of last episode did something happen last episode i don't is I, was oh, it a big deal no no you okay. didn't miss anything okay all right good yeah i was kind of checked out i gotta say yeah no uh, totally i totally get it you know it wasn't a whole lot but but now luck week's going to be drawn and quartered um it's sure 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 sure, sure. <laughs> uh just just minor minor inconveniences uh, you, you'll you'll catch up <laughs> yeah 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 or not that's fine i'll just make a new character <laughs> Oh, man, then we got to get new art. And <laughs> <laughs> You know, I didn't consider that, Nick, is that really you can never kill Luckbeak because the commission cost is just too high for all new art for the podcast. I can do whatever <laughs> I want. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, that's why he gave Ravnus two walking health packs. Don't, don't want anyone to die. <laughs> yeah, sure came in handy last episode. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> it did. <laughs> all right. So, speaking of the events of last episode, let's continue them with the events of this episode. If I can find my notes. I'm good at this. How, how, does, how does one podcast? Ravnus, the crowd in the block and tackle, is going nuts. They're chanting your name. There's some commotion in the crowd, but you can't really make it out just over the sheer chaos. As you step out of the ring, the deep gnome proprietor, this snurf neblin named a Wargug Goldsnatcher, approaches you and hands you a sack of coin. And he says, good fighting, good entertainment. Thanks. And you don't really have a whole lot of time to even process that as you are like swarmed by your crewmates in the lead, Robin and Lester. Lester like throws an arm around you. It was like, yeah, that was a great fight. You fucked him up. And a, a tankard of ale gets pushed into your hand and you are steered over to the table, quote unquote, which is actually like several tables that have been pushed together to where the Voidfarer crew are all posted up partying together. And everyone is congratulating you and they're just having a time. Val even stands as you approach and raises her tankard and says, well fought, well fought. Uh, Ravnus raises her tankard back and takes a swig and... Uh she she's she's scanning the crowd for uh, Marco. Yeah, Marco, you were on the other side of the ring and there was kind of a lot of commotion happening right near you because a crossbow bolt came out of nowhere and killed the dude standing next to you. So the tavern hasn't really noticed on a whole. It's just a handful of people around and you see the cleric, this little like plump 
halfling in very nice vestments with the holy symbol of Joaquin comes over with a couple acolytes to assess the situation and they kind of shoo everyone out of the way and you're kind of like jostled in the crowd a little bit away from that scene. I was already not feeling great to begin with not to be thrown into a crowd so uh yeah, if Marco's coming up to the table, he is looking pretty rough. Yeah, Marco is super gaunt looking. He is pale. He doesn't look good. Um, <laughs> poor Marco. Um, Ravness is going to, um, what's she going to do? She's going to send him 10 of her hit points to him. <laughs> so yeah, in this moment, Marco, as you're approaching, you see Ravness. People are still like patting her on the back and like, you know, it's, it's a rowdy group. And as you approach, she sees you. And for this instant, you get that same like vision that occurs and you feel some of her vitality shift back into you. Actually, did they fully heal us after the fight? No, they healed the loser they healed to make the sure they did. Going die. To die. Yeah. yeah, they they're just there to make sure the loser doesn't die. Right. If you're standing, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she sends him um ten of her hit points and uh shoves her ale towards him and says, It'll make you feel better. Thanks, uh I appreciate it. And uh he pulls out the jar of aloe and puts some into his mouth um, and no. attempts to hand it over to, uh, to Ravnus as well. Uh, she, she dips her hand in the jar and takes some as well. That's uh, so gross. So that's uh, six HP for you. You can rub it on your wounds. Well, she's seen you eat it the whole time. I think she yeah, can also eat it. It's clearly how it works. I think Marco's just like, you could also put it on, um, it's also a salve. Then why don't you do that? Well, my my injuries this time are internal. <laughs> All right. But yeah, um, that's six for you, by the way. Uh, Elwyn, the uh, the half elven gunner, sees you guys do that, and he goes, "Oh man, it's that kind of party." Can can I get some? Marco looks at him inquisitively before hesitantly handing him the jar <laughs> 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 with a look of "Really, dude." <laughs> Does does Marco not even realize that he thinks it's drugs? <laughs> he is very confused. He I I think okay. he might have had an inkling, but yeah. like <laughs> so Elwyn takes it and he kind of scoops some with his hand using another one of its uses, and he eats it and goes, mm, "It doesn't taste very good." How long does it take to take effect? Um, about thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. All right. Good. Hey, thanks. <laughs> Marco hesitantly turns away and looks back to Ravnus. So mark off three uses <laughs> yeah. of the jar between Ravnus, Marco, and Elwyn. Um, at this point now, I have a jar and a the, the remnants of that jar. Um, so Elwyn was like scooping with two fingers the bottom of the jar, like the last of the peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> Got um, it. Um, I just like, I look back to Ravnus, uh, raise the tinkered of ale and says, uh, good fight. Good, good fight, and just takes a Ravnus, you find another tankard has already been put into your hand. <laughs> That's why she gave hers to him. <laughs> yeah, someone noticed you didn't have one, and it became just immediate. Um, at that point, you see that the, the Deep Gnome has gotten back up into the ring and is starting to announce the next fight, which seems to be between a fire genasi by the name of Ignis Sunspark and a tough-looking female dwarf named Brennis Swiftcrag who is wielding a, a big, like, single-handed battle axe and a shield. Ignis Sunspark is not holding any weapons. So he announces that fight, and it starts. And the Fire Genasi seems to be some sort of martial artist. But anyway, the crew isn't paying attention to that a whole lot. They seem to be mostly focused on partying and celebrating Ravnus's win. Yeah, o over the cheers and such of the crowd, uh, Ravnus says to Marco, um... I want my thing back. Oh, um, yes, I was just about to. And he kind of reaches into his bag and pulls out the, uh, the half-folded triangle and hands it back over. Yeah, uh, she takes it and puts it back into her bag. I'm glad I didn't... I'm glad you're okay is what I'm, what I'm trying to say. I am too. What was Luckbeak's problem? Uh, he, he was under the impression that you were going to die, and well, I mean... It, it put at least a fear in me. I know of, you know, divination wizards out there, and maybe he, he had some of it, but uh, it was looking pretty, it was looking pretty bad out there, honestly. 
At that point, you see the door open and four gigantic individuals lumber in. They are all wearing military uniforms with various ornamentation, and they lumber over to the corner of the bar. These are four GIF, the hulking hippo people, and they're already loud and laughing to each other, and they kind of, just by the sheer mass of them, annex an entire corner of the establishment just by displacing the crowd. And they take a seat in the corner and immediately, like, bark for some ale, laughing to each other. Marco is going to scan the crowd and look for uh, the woman who was very intently staring at me every time I use my power. Yeah, she is still standing ringside, paying very close attention to the fight at hand. Um, and you, you seem to get the impression as to why, as this fight is raging on, this fire genasi is kind of flipping and trying to outmaneuver this dwarf and staying out of the range of her axe swings, landing some blows here and there, but occasionally he's punching and sending a plume of fire outward, which actually catches the cargo netting on fire on the one side of the ring. And you see the Seeker Woman quickly run over there and cast a spell to extinguish the flame. You immediately get the impression that she is here to use her magic to basically damage control, to keep any danger away from the crowd. Marco is going to pick up his ale, walk over to her after she has finished her job. So yeah, during this fight, you see that this this dwarf is getting increasingly more frustrated as this fire genasi dances out of her blows, um, getting angrier and angrier and, and being subjected to his punches, which seems to very deftly get past her shield and between her armor. However, suddenly he makes a miscalculation in his footing and she's able to swing the backside of her axe and knock his foot out from under him, sending him landing on his back. And she immediately recoils around with her sword and brings it down onto him, instantly knocking him out. And the crowd goes wild and the cleric rushes on to provide aid to this fire genasi who was dominating this fight the whole time and just suddenly lost in the last minute. And you see that the seeker woman seems to relax slightly between the fights. So, um, yeah, I pick up my tankard veil, I walk over to her, um, trying to find the jumping off one. I kind of, like, look at her, uh, and say, it, it, it's, it's very odd to see, um, to see a Seeker take on a profession like this. Well, we, all, all the Seekers are different, you see. We are all individuals who have our own individual pursuits. There is no shame in having a side stream of revenue in addition to my personal studies. Oh, um, no, not at all. Nothing, nothing shameful about it. I'm, I didn't mean to infer. Um, what I'm trying to get at here is, um, I'm just surprised is all. I wasn't expecting to find a seeker in the bar. It's, it's, it's a pleasant surprise. You, you will find that um, magical capabilities of any significant note is rather hard to come by um, here on the Dear Anchorage. So those that require such services often turn to the seekers. Ah, well... Funny, you should say that. Um, allow me to introduce myself. My name's Marco Astorio. I'm friends with Roddix. Yes, Roddix has actually spoken of you. Oh, he has? Yes, in fact, he forwarded your request to join our ranks. Oh, fantastic. Um, may I ask, who are you? My name is Thalra Vulrentheld. Thalra? Yeah, you see, as she's talking, she's very slender, wearing these, like, dark burgundy maroon-like uh, like robes that is very uh, slim-fitting that go all the way to the floor. And her, like, light brown hair is pulled back into a tight bun. And she looks young, like, in her, like, mid-30s. But as you get close to her and talking to her, you get the distinct impression she's actually far older than she looks. Um, I, I will uh, cut to the chase here. Uh, I noticed that you were staring at me very intently during my... Uh, friend's fight earlier, and I was carrying I was kind of curious as to why. You see, Mr. Astorio, I have studied various forms of magic for quite a long time, and I am unsure of what you did, but I have come to recognize when something extraordinary is occurring. I've been trying to figure that one out myself, and I have come to about the same amount of conclusions that you have within a far wider range of time. Hmm. Then perhaps next time you stop by the Enclave here on the Deer Anchorage, then perhaps might I be able to pick your brain about this ability or phenomenon? Um, uh, of course, I was actually about to ask if uh, 
we wanted to try to compare notes and figure out what's going on here. Um, could I find you at the at the, the Seekers Hall? Yes, the uh, Seekers Enclave. That is the best place to find me. Oh, okay. Um, fantastic. Um, well, I, I should probably get back to my friend. She's, um, well, looks looks over to uh, the table where they're all just rambunctious and is like, it's it's a it's a bonding thing with my crew, but regardless, um, <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you. And he extends a hand. She will take it. It is a pleasure to meet you as well, Mister Astorio. Tell Roddick that I said hello. If you see him before I do, I shall do that. Um, is she human? I forgot. She is human. Yes. Okay. Thanks for the clarification. No problem. You you head back to the table. That is correct. Yeah. As you're heading back to the table, everyone is still partying and stuff. And Jack and Tatters is actually going to stand and kind of like yank Ravnus up to her feet with him. And he raises a tankard and says, A toast to Ravnus, to Captain Valeria Rain, and to the fucking Voidfarer. And the, the table just goes nuts and uh, cheers and there's toasts and they drink heartily. But you do notice at this there seems to be a table nearby full of what look like sailors who look over and seem to take note of that. Um, that makes me nervous. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, can I do an insight check? Sure. All right. Insight. How do I play this game? Playing too many other games. Ten. Hard to tell. I mean, they could have been looking over here because they recognized any of those names that got said, or they could have been looking over here because the table next door was singing happy birthday. But, you know, it's like so it was something happening. Is that, this like that, a you know, where yeah. they come out and sing happy birthday to you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's a big animatronic mouse. Yeah, exactly. No, totally. This is Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, you're noticing that, but you're kind of looking over at that table with a furrowed brow. Um, You see three figures after a moment or two approach the table, and it is Braddock, Silence, and Zillin. I roll my eyes. Um, Ravnus is going to glare at the table of sailors and try to do an intimidation on them. Sure, sure. Make Make an intimidation check. Can she have advantage because they just saw her kick someone's ass? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you absolutely have advantage. Awesome. Don't roll like shit. You just kick somebody's good. ass in front of everyone. Yeah. Um, that's a 16. Yeah. You catch eyes with them and they just look away. As Braddock is walking over here, the, the Deep Gnome is announcing the next fight, which is between a female elf named Byrel Cletif versus a forged named Clanks. My money's on Clanks. <laughs> and you hear that announcement happening, uh, Ravnus, but your attention is drawn to the fact that Braddock, Silence, and Zillin have walked up to the table. And Braddock, like, taking lead, kind of ignores you and walks up to Val. Um, Ravnus, what, what, is she on a bench? There's, like, a, an amalgamation of benches and chairs around this cluster of probably, like, five or six tables that is just kind of, like, haphazardly pushed together. Right. So she jumps off of whatever she was, like, standing on the bench or whatever and goes over to uh, where Braddock has approached Val. Sure. And as you approach, Braddock doesn't seem to pay you any mind. And he goes, Captain Valeria Rain, is it? You've been causing quite the stir amongst the ranks of the Salvagers Guild. I think it's going to be in your best interest to accompany me back up to the Guild Hall, if you know what's good for you. And Val kind of rolls her eyes and says, You know, I don't think I'm going anywhere, thank you. Braddock is going to say, Look, you are awfully bold to show your face in public here on the Dear Anchorage. The, the Salvagers Guild runs this place. He says, gesturing around, every table in here has members of the Salvagers Guild, and they would love the opportunity to kick your ass along with the rest of your pathetic crew. And and when he says that, um, the table that you were staring at, Ravnus, stands and faces your table. And it's it's probably like a dozen big looking dudes. Ravnus is going to draw her weapon. Yeah, the rest of the Voidfarer crew is looking around kind of like stunned a little bit and they're like kind of waiting to see what happens. There is a huge hulking looking half orc that was at this table and he steps forward towards Val and Braddock and he places a hand on the handle of his cutlass at his belt. 
He steps up, looking menacingly, sneering, uh, and he looks at Val, and then he turns at Braddock. You should step down, friend. You got no business here. And Braddock looks surprised, and you see that the others at this orc's table kind of turn menacingly towards Braddock, Silence, and Zillin. And Val looks surprised as well, looking at this orc, the crew, and back at Braddock. And Braddock is just like immediately cowed by this. All right. It appears I've been mistaken. Fine. <sighs> Silence, Zillin. And he walks away. Um, this orc turns to look at Val and says, um, Captain Valeria Rain, um, sorry, uh, I just, on behalf of myself and the rest of the crew of the Makera, um, I, I, I want to say thank you for saving us from uh, Horgarth's Fury, the Xenus Syndicate ship. Uh, and Val looks surprised and she says, oh, th the Marlin, that's, it's your ship. Aye, and if it's all the same, to you and your crew, your drinks are on us for the night. And Val looks, again, stunned at this turn of events, uh, kind of turning to the crew and goes, well, who am I to argue with that? And the rest of the Voidfarer crew cheers, and the crew of the Makira, the Marlin, kind of comes over and starts shuttling more tankards of ale over to you guys. And it seems that both crews have kind of joined together in this kind of mutual revelry. All right. And Ravnus and Marco, through all of this, you see that Braddock and Silence have not left. It's like they, they kind of moseyed around like the perimeter of the tavern, kind of like past the registration table and back around the ring the long way around back to their table where they sit. Braddock is looking pretty surly. Um, Ravnus, after sheathing her weapon, goes over to their table and uh, she's going to cross her arms. Get out. Look, you've already won this battle. Can't we enjoy our drinks in peace? No. Make a intimidation check. All right. Does she get advantage on this one too? <laughs> I, I will give you advantage on this one because oh, I think sweet. like like Braddock's ego has already been bruised. Uh, that's a 14. Okay. Yeah, you say that and Braddock kind of looks at you and kind of glances at Silence and Zillin. Fine. He glances back to the table and towards like Marco and, and all of them and says, enjoy the rest of your evening and leaves. All right. Ravnus uh, goes back to the table. As I uh, see Ravnus approach, I just kind of look at her and said, that guy's a dickhead. Marco, as they go out, Braddock actually makes eye contact with you and gives you this like mischievous smirk. And then they all leave. Um, They're lucky. Uh, they're pricks is what they are, but lucky might also be the case. I try to have a civil conversation with them, and then look what happens. They're pricks to me, and now they come over here to be pricks to the captain, and then I'm assuming they were pricks to you two. They tried to insult the captain in front of all of us. Cheers to you again for, uh, running off, um, the pricks, I guess. And she, uh, raises her tankard. Yeah, the crew nearby, they don't hear what the toast is for, but they see a tankard being raised and like immediately crash theirs into it and, and drink heartily. Marco is surprised. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Marco has this power. <laughs> is this what it feels like to be popular? <laughs> oh, God. So, Clanks beats the shit out of this elf. It's not even a contest. This elf seems to be trying to keep her distance in the ring, volleying arrows the best she can. But even when she connects, it's just dink off of his metal body. And it's only a matter of time before he closes the distance, drives her to the ground and just beats her until they stop the fight. Whoa. Good bet. Yeah. The crowd goes fucking nuts. And then the Snurf Neblin, the, the deep gnome, climbs into the ring as they're clearing it out and goes, All right, all right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, I have an announcement. We actually got a challenger for our reigning champion. He gestures over to the table of the Ford Gif. Let me introduce our reigning champion. Currently 16 and 0 in this ring. Corporal 
Barnaby Swain. <laughs> <laughs> and you see this lumbering gif stand up. His three companions are like hooping and hollering. And he strides forward in his uniform, a pair of flintlock pistols at his belt. And he kind of picks one up and twirls it in his fat gif fingers, climbs into the ring. And for his challenger, and the best of luck to him, one, Marco Astorio. Uh, Marco <laughs> drops his tankard. <laughs> <laughs> the crew of the Void Fair immediately gets silent and looks at Marco, and then it's Jack and Tatters just goes, Yeah, fuck him up, Marco! <laughs> <laughs> I look over. You can do this. <laughs> like I've seen the face of God at Jack and Tatters, um, <laughs> and then look back at Ravnus. <laughs> Ravnus is. Um, she looks very shocked, um, and then she starts shaking her head, and she says, "No." The the deep gnome says, "Marco, get on up here." And uh, Ravnus is going to like put a hand on Marco's shoulder and uh, make her way over to the gnome. Um, and uh, right. she says, he's not fighting. Well, that's fine. Does he have the 500 gold forfeiture fee? Um, Look, his name his name was on the list. He either pays the 500 gold forfeiture fee or he's fighting. Uh, the sh- list was shit. wrong. Look, I'm just following what's on the list. Marco is going to walk up and join Ravnus um, and the deep gnome. He says, Excuse me, um, I don't recall signing up. What what happened here? Look, people sign up drunk all the time. Look, your name's on the list. You gotta fight. Oh. Um, He's not fighting. Look, that's fine. You just pay me the 500 gold and he doesn't have to fight. Uh, and you see the gif who has already climbed up into the ring say, Come on, then are we getting on with it or what? Oh, shit. Um, Marco kind of looks at Ravnus with just a kind of like sullen look on his face and says, Hopefully it'll be quick. Um, <laughs> he is currently at half his HP, by the way, and he I yep. do not have mage armor prepared. I want that to be yep. known. Uh-huh. It's better than one hit point. Um, I have three spells here. I might... God, there might be a chance in hell, but you know what? Let's do this. No, she... she Ravnus is grabbing Marco's hand as he's clearly thinking about and just making her way to the door. <laughs> All right. Ravnus, I... I I'd rather just take a punch from this guy and um, not have this fucking bar owner shaking me down for 500 gold. You're not fighting. You don't know how to fight. I, Ravnus, listen, um, I'll be honest. I'm more afraid of what the Deep Gnome is going to do to me if I don't give him 500 gold versus what one drunken gif is going to do with me with one punch and call it a good day. Almost on cue when you say that, uh, like Ravnus pulling you towards the door a little bit, the deep gnome looks past you and makes a gesture, and you see Hrulk, the gigantic bugbear, step in front of the door and cross his arms. Oh. Um. Ravnus is starting to reach for her sword. Like, Marco is going to, like, be like, Ravnus, it's it's okay. He's He's kind of at the point now where he's like, damage control. What's the path of least resistance? Ravnus, listen, um... God, I appreciate this, but it's it's one punch from that massive gif and I'm in the dirt or we deal with um, Tiny over here. <laughs> she she's kind of like looking around, um, kind of like weighing her various options. Then she lets go of Marco and she says, fine. Marco is going to hand over his box that he always carries around with him with the strange glyphs. Um, treat this like you would with the with the triangle. Um, I don't know, do something nice with it. And he pushes it and goes walking towards the ring. <laughs> um, she takes it and she sits down and watches the fight very intently and she has the box just like in her lap. Okay. Uh, when Marco, as you approach the ring, the Voidfarer table goes crazy. Val looks like a little surprised and concerned, but is like watching to see what happens with everybody else. And as you climb into the ring, this giant gift, Barnaby Swain, says, There we go, lad. I have to commend you for your bravery. Not many have wanted to fight me as of late. You know, stranger things have happened in this universe. Let's do this. 
everyone, Nick here, your dungeon master and magic aloe dealer. Just remember to take a little bit and wait an hour and see how you feel before you take more. Thanks again for listening to Tales of the Voidfarer in this third episode of Chapter 3. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. That helps new folks find the show and also lets us know what you think. Also, be sure to hop on over to social media land and give us a follow at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. In fact, we are going to be running a giveaway starting on the day this episode goes live, Tuesday, May 25th. Follow us on Twitter and like and retweet the contest tweet and you can win a copy of The Ghosts of Saltmarsh, which is a fantastic collection of short nautical-themed adventures from D&D's long history, all converted to 5th edition, and it's set up to play through all of them as a campaign if you so choose. I've personally found the book to be endlessly useful for running Spelljammer with its ship maps, sailing hazards, and ship combat rules. They all translate super well to space. We'll be choosing a winner for that contest on Friday, May 29th. In need of new threads, Voidfarer merch is still available in the Project Derailed Redbubble store located at bit.ly slash derailed shop. We are launching a new actual play podcast coming up next month. Fables Around the Table is a new anthology podcast featuring a different RPG system and self-contained story each season. Season 1, Curse, premieres on June 19th, game mastered by our very own Fiona L.F. Kelly, featuring the newly kickstarted RPG The Curse of the House of Rookwood by Nerdy Pup Games. Check out more info at Table Fables Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Table Fables Pod on Twitter. Next up, as always, thanks to Tom Goldthwaite for our theme song and other original music with additional music provided by purple-planet.com. Lastly, if you're looking to promote your podcast or other audio content on social media, look no further than Wave. Wave lets you easily craft videos ideal for your Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, complete with artwork, animated waveform, and even automatically generated captions. If you use our affiliate link, bit.ly slash wavefarer with two Vs, and sign up for a plan, you will also be supporting the show. Check the link in the show notes. Phew! It feels like these announcements are getting longer and longer every episode. Let's jump back into things. Our next episode will land on Tuesday, June 9th. Talk at you then. The deep gnome steps up and says, All right, you know the rules by now. Literally anything goes. I don't give a shit. But if anyone that's not in this ring gets harmed, you are automatically forfeited and have to pay the forfeiture fee. You know the deal. And he gets out of the ring. And I need you to roll initiative. Oh, shit. <laughs> so this was a thing that was planned for last time. <laughs> and then at the end of that episode, I realized... Oh, shit. Marco has one hit point. <laughs> well, now he has 11, I think. 17. I did eat the jelly. Oh, he has 17. Okay. Ravnus <laughs> also has 17. Um, should I also roll initiative or just... I'm not, like, planning on interfering, but should I also roll? Yes. All right. Uh, 14. Um, 18. Ravnus is just hoping Marco goes down fast. <laughs> She's hoping she, he doesn't get like, you know, a 30 plus hit and then die immediately. <laughs> okay. Uh, the fight starts and immediately this gift charges forward before you even have a chance to like react. And you need to make a strength saving throw. That is a hot and spicy two. Two. All right, seven bludgeoning damage and are knocked prone. All right. As this gift stands over you, having just headbutt you to the floor. Ooh. And he's holding a pistol in each hand. Marco, it is your turn. Um, I am going to cast slow on him. He needs to make a wisdom saving throw. I thought you wanted this to be over quickly. I'm, I'm going to do my best here. <laughs> uh, that is an 11. So he fails. Okay. He has a negative two penalty to AC and dexterity saving throws. Okay. And he cannot use reactions. Okay. His speed is halved. Okay. And on its turn, it can either take an action or a bonus action, but not both. Okay. Um, all right. So I have a feeling he's not going to have a problem with casting spells. Is that right? Uh, yeah, no. If this thing casts a spell, you'd have a heart attack. He does not look like a smart enough boy to even know what a spell is. <laughs> then we will leave that one out. It's irrelevant. <laughs> 
he can make a wisdom saving throw at the end of his turn. If he gets successful, okay. obviously it ends, but that's everything. So yeah, he charges forward and headbutts you, and as you're falling to the floor, he goes, Valiant death for that, but as you hit the ground and cast the spell, it hits him mid-sentence. Ravnus, anything? Nope, she watches. Okay. Uh, the gif, then, is going to pull out his pistol, shooting downward at you. You are prone, which means he has disadvantage on the attack, because it's a ranged attack. First attack was a 12. That hits, unfortunately. Oh, boy. Four piercing damage. Okay. And then his second attack is an eight. That misses. Okay. Marco, it's your turn. Well, I'm going to stand up. Okay. Um, so that's half of my movement. I am going to uh-huh. cast Invisibility on myself. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do it. And then I'm going to move 15 feet to the right. Okay. As he just vanish, he just goes, What the blood Uh, Ravna, still anything? Nope, she's just watching. All right, well, he's going to start swinging his arms wildly to try and find you and grapple you. So these are attacks with disadvantage. That's a two. Uh, And then that is a ten. I have an AC of an eleven. Yeah, so he's like grabbing wildly looking for you. It looks like he's intentionally fighting his better nature to just start shooting wildly. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so he's wafting for you to no avail. Marco, it's your turn. Um, I'm going to go. um, Actually, unfortunately, uh, these were two concentration spells I just realized. So slow would have would have ended. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So he goes, the bloody hell. I'm going to cast Ice Knife, which is an instantaneous spell. Okay. All right, that is a 19. That hits. All right. He needs to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. That is a six. Um, he fails. He is going to take five piercing damage. And then okay. um, from the cold damage, a nine. So 15 together. Okay. And then you become visible again? Yeah, um, I will become visible again. When you vanish, the crowd just kind of goes, oh, like the surprise. And then he's feeling around for you. And then you appear again and blast him with ice knife as it hits him in the back. And this frost crust is over his back. And the crowd just, oh, cheers, roars upward again as you get the better of this gif. Uh, Revenus. Uh, she's not doing anything. She's just still just watching. All right. Well, it's the gif's turn. Very clever, lad. Very clever. But you're going to have to do better than that. And he's going to try and charge you again to headbutt you to the ground. Oof. So that is another strength saving throw. Oof. That's an eight. Five bludgeoning damage and you fall prone. Uh, Oh, shit. I'm up one. Yep. Holy fuck. I thought I was done. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I didn't even hear the number. I was just like, let me mark this off. Marco gave it a good attempt. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. All right. Um, it is your turn. All right. Um, I have one more second level spell. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to stand. Okay. Cast invisibility on myself again. Okay. And move 15 feet to the left. Okay. Ravnus? She's watching. <laughs> and she's she's looking a little bit less stressed out and a little bit more impressed. Okay. You didn't want to transfer him hit points or anything? No, I, she's not trying to prolong this. She's just making sure he doesn't <laughs> actually die. Yeah. yeah I got it. Fair. okay he's gonna try and grapple you again uh, at disadvantage that is a 11 so you need to make uh, an athletics or acrobatics i'm gonna go acrobatics okay holy shit that's a non-nat 20 damn so he's reaching out blindly for you and he actually grabs you but you're able to turn your body and evade his grasp he goes oh i had you for a second Blast! <laughs> All right, uh, and uh, it is now your turn. All right, so um, I currently have no more level twos, no more level threes. I have um, three more level ones, so I'm going to do the same thing again. I'm going to get behind him. I'm going to cast Ice Knife. Okay. Oh, this attack is with advantage, by the way, because oh, shit. He, he can't see you. That would be an 18. 18 hits. He needs to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. 12. All right, uh, he, he fails. Okay. So, nine more damage. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I pop into existence again behind him and chuck the ice knife. As it hits him, he goes, Oh, blast you and your trickery! Ravnus? Um, she is going to give Marco ten hit points. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay. Ravnus is just like, fuck, he might be able to do this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Marco, this vision that you're familiar with now where, like, your surroundings kind of fade into this, like, faint opaque kind of scene and you see this, like, starry void where this, like, astral connection connects with you and Ravnus gives you ten hit points. Oh, shit. He sees that she gives him a small smile, too, when she does it. <laughs> oh, shit, I earned Ravnus's respect. How do I handle this? <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck it up. All right. I feel like I've already won, technically, but you know what? Let's keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Ravnus's smile was reward enough. <laughs> All right, let's do this. All right, so he is going to then, let's see. He's just going to try to shoot at you. All right, shit. <laughs> he's attacking with disadvantage. Why is that? Because he's intentionally shooting in a way to avoid the crowd. That is an eight to hit. It misses. And then the second attack. Um, God damn it. <laughs> Are you serious? He's six. That's, I'm calling some bullshit. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I swear to God. <laughs> uh, it misses. Who is paying him to throw this fight with Marco? <laughs> is it the suzerain? <laughs> the suzerain is paying him to throw this fight. Listen, Saker, I'm having the same thought in my mind right now. Cause I'm like, there is no way. I figured that I might've gotten like, cause I'm, I'm being crafty. I could get maybe like two good hits in. Then he knocks the shit out of me. And we're like, uh -huh. yeah. Uh, uh -huh. Fun to watch though. Yeah. Yeah. He curses and goes, pesky, annoying gnat. And uh, Marco, it's your turn. So I'm going to move within 10 feet of him and I'm going to cast the cantrip poison spray. So I can maybe save my last two ice knives. Uh, he needs to make a constitution saving throw. Okay. A nine. DC's 15. That's a D12 poison damage. Uh, that's a hot and spicy two, though. <laughs> okay. <He> goes, <laughs> um, and then I'm going to back up again, because um, I don't want to be that close to him. <laughs> okay. Ravnus? Nothing for Ravnus. Okay. He's going to run up and try to grapple you. Okay. So you need to make an athletics or a dexterity check. All right. Uh, let's see here. That's more what I was expecting. That's an eight. An eight? <laughs> he didn't actually beat you by that much, but he still got a 12. Jesus. You are now grappled. So that basically just means that your movement is zero. So it is now your turn. Yeah. Um, well, Ice Knife would tear me up right now. So we are going to uh, cast a Poison Spray again right in his face as he's holding on to me. <laughs> he okay. Constitution saving throw. All righty. I, the save is I don't know if it's the die or <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that is uh, that's going to fail. That's uh, a seven. Um, all right. Let's see how it did this time. OK, that is a respectable six poison damage. OK, yeah. He grapples you and he kind of like lifts you up into his face and he goes, a surprising and respectable attempt, but I'm afraid. <laughs> As you just poison spray directly into his mouth, mid-sentence. You know what? Yeah, he drops you. That I mean, that is fair. <laughs> yeah, I. he just kind of like reactionary, just like throws you away from him. Ravnus. Um, what's, what's Marco's HP looking like? Uh, 11. She, yeah, she's going to sit on that for now. She's going to see what happens. Uh, it's his turn. He's going to storm forward again and just try to headbutt you into the ground because that seems to work. Okay. So you need to make a strength saving throw. That is a beautiful three. <laughs> that that tracks. Um, eight bludgeoning damage and you are on the mat again. All right. Uh, we'll you are knocked down to the sandy floor of this ring, um, but it is your turn. All right. Um, I'm going to stand up. Ice knife right to him. I'm down to my last level one. You you are you are adjacent to him right now. Um, He's standing over you. So I mean, you could get up and and attempt to move away from him. He would get an attack of opportunity though. Uh, yeah, I mean, he is wielding like two pistols, but he could try to like punch you, I suppose, pistol whip you. Um, you know what? That that that's not how we're going out because that would take me down. So I'm just gonna stand next to him. I'm going to cast acid splash. Okay. And so he needs to make a dexterity saving throw. All right. Let's see if I actually get a good one. No, 
<laughs> I don't. That's an 11. Oh, that is uh, five damage. Yeah, so you cast the spell and the acid splashes against his face and he goes, ah, bloody hell. I'll just stand defiant, like, all right, this is the way it's going to go. I made my point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he recoils and kind of looks up glaring at you. A surprisingly commendable bout, good chap, but I'm afraid this is the end of the line. He backs up a little bit to get another, like, kind of leaping head start for whenever he's done this move, then lunges at you again with his head, and you need to make a strength save. Um, yeah, that's a non-nat one, <laughs> as I'm just going to stand there and be like, well... Yeah, that is ten bludgeoning damage. I'm down. Yeah, so he's just forehead into you, and your vision just goes black, and you crumple into a heap. And the cleric of Joaquin, this halfling, jumps into the ring and uh, will immediately heal you for six hit points. And the Deep Gnome gets into the ring and goes, Once again, defending his championship title, Corporal Barnaby Swain. And the crowd goes crazy. However, in the chaos of the crowd, you hear the chanting of Marco, 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 coming from the Voidfarer table. And that begins to spread through the entire tavern. So much so that even Barnaby is looking around and then turns to you, Marco, as you're getting helped up to your feet. And he gives you like this polite little golf clap with a smile of admiration. <laughs> I give him a polite nod and just just say to him, good fight. <laughs> and Marco, as you're kind of like being escorted out of the ring, you make eye contact with Thalra and she just gives you a single nod. I smile. I walk over to Ravnus. I'll, I'll take the box back now and... Maybe an <laughs> ale. <laughs> she, she hands the box back to him and she says, I didn't expect you to actually win. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> but you put up a damn good fight, I would say, says Val. And she, she sets a tankard of ale in front of you. Thank you. And your reception at this table is like almost as enthusiastic as Ravnus is. Uh, it, it definitely seems that though you were not victorious, you definitely made your point. That perhaps you are not as defenseless as some might think. Uh, Ravnus is going to sit down next to Marco, um, as I'm sure everyone's like crowding him and giving him drinks and stuff. And she's going to say, so why am I the one getting hit all the time in fights if you can do that? <laughs> because that's the most I've ever been hit in my life. And I'd rather not have it happen again. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, he kind of gives her a smile. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was, huh? Better than spending 500. I suppose it was. Uh, he's just going to like kind of sit there and kind of like roll his shoulders because I'm sure he is aching all over. Yeah. At that point, you see someone new enter the tavern. It's a dwarf. Middle-aged, maybe in his like the equivalent of his like late 50s for a dwarf with kind of like a dark auburn hair pulled back into a ponytail and a big bushy beard that rivals Brohane's. And speaking of Brohane, when Brohane sees this dwarf enter, Brohane kind of like rolls his eyes and sighs. And this dwarf walks up to the table. Hop in the Lyria Rain. Pleasure to see you yet again. Val will nod and say, Rangvald, I was wondering if I was going to get to see you tonight. And then Rangvald is going to look at Brohane and say, Brother? And Brohane doesn't say anything. And Rangvald is going to say, No, and I, I understand you don't care about the family no more, but you know, at least we can have a working business relationship. And Val is going to say, yeah, I get it, va family drama. Rangvald, do you have any information for me about uh, Tyshra's pride? I was supposed to get the shipment a few days ago, and uh, it didn't arrive. I've uh, been wondering that myself. I haven't heard from Captain Brawler just yet. And though they said that their supply was getting a little disrupted as of late due to the dealings with the Moonhammer Mining Company, but it shouldn't have affected this shipment. Val's going to say, hmm, it's unlike them to be late. And kind of seeing Marco and Ravnus sitting there listening to the conversation and kind of like out of the loop, she's going to say, oh, um, as you know, the Voidfarer is nearly done with its repairs, but we are still in the process of connecting the uh, arcane conduits, um, and for that we require Cinder Shard. It appears that our initial supplies were a little short, and the price of Cinder Shard has been sky high, but uh, through Rangvald here we have a connection with a ship that has some 
easier access to it through the Moonhammer Mining Company. I already made an arrangement with that crew, and uh, the Cinder Shard is already bought and paid for, but the, the ship is two days late on arriving already. Is there any explanation as to why or where they could be? Well, that's what we're uh, trying to figure out, Rangvald says. Haven't heard hide nor hair of them, and it's very unlike them. They usually uh, operate like clockwork. Not only does the Teixeira's Pride do regular work with the Moonhammer Mining Company, but our business relationship with the Windhelms go back quite a ways. And with that, Brohane kind of like scoffs, um, but doesn't say anything. And, and Val's going to kind of see that and roll her eyes and goes, By all the gods, Brohane, you have to get over it yourself. He kind of like looks over um, at Brohane and just like, Am I missing something here? Did something happen? No, yeah, not missing anything. Uh, and Rangvald is going to speak up and say, Oh, no, not missing anything. Brohain here just thinks he can leave his entire family behind because he's not over various unfortunate circumstances that happened. Brohain, we've all moved on. We're making the best of the situation. And Brohain doesn't add anything to that. I think at that point I would stand up and be like, Brohain, why don't you come with me? We'll go get ourselves a couple of ales. They're on me. All right. Well, I've uh, never been one to argue with Free Ale. And he's going to stand and go with you. Get him out of the situation. Uh, he seems appreciative at the opportunity. So Val is going to continue saying, kind of turning to you, Ravnus, like as Marco walks away. Actually, Ravnus, perhaps you, Marco, and Luckbeak. Where, where is Luckbeak? She kind of says at that, looking around, I thought I saw him here earlier. Uh, Ravnus kind of looks around, too. I don't think it really occurred to her that Luckbeak wasn't there. Um, mm -hmm. And she says, um, I don't know, he's probably gambling with someone in a closet or something. <laughs> <laughs> Ravnus is no fan of Luckbeak right now. <laughs> All right, well, I'm sure he'll turn up. Um, but anyway, perhaps the three of you could look into this in the next few days. See what happened to Tishra's pride. And perhaps that we can uh, receive the shipment of Cinder Shard that I've already paid for. We can do that. Very good. Keep me updated, will you? Yeah, will do. Over at the bar. Comes to the bar, he orders two ales. You know, um, whatever happened, I am... My condolences, that had to have been rough. Oh, it's all right. Uh, the sympathy is uh, appreciated. Uh, and to be completely honest, it's not even Ringwald's fault. It's just... Yeah, family. Anything you want to discuss, or we can leave it here just with a couple of drinks? I could get into it, but I don't think there's uh, enough ale in this entire establishment. <laughs> well, I tell you what, um, I might not be the best person to talk to, I tend to ramble, but um, listen, there might be enough ale on the Voidfarer sometime, so if you ever want to talk, just come find me. Uh, he kind of takes his tankard and says, how about we leave it at this? And he raises it. Fuck the Moonhammers. Fuck the Moonhammers. <laughs> Clink. <laughs> Luckbeak. Yes. You are on your knees, having just pulled yourself back to the dock next to Chalk Tool, the three cream in service to the suzerain. All right. What's next? The three queen looks down at you and reaches to its side and pulls out a sack and drops it in front of you and you hear the distinct of coin slosh inside of it. It clicks its mandibles and you hear its voice in your head simply say, There is the payment for the task. The suzerain will be in contact about future tasks and it turns and begins walking away. Hey. Hey. It stops and it turns back. I, I, I didn't even do it right. Why? Why, why are you, you going to make me do something else? Why are you leaning on me so hard? You have shown the suzerain a great many things, and I think he is quite interested in your potential. All right. Uh, all right. And he turns and walks away. The sack of coin in front of you is is actually fairly large. Uh, so I don't 
know how this is going to work, Nick, because I don't think Luckbeak is going to count it, but when I pick it up, it automatically is added to my inventory. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, you see the, the gold counter on your HUD jump 500 gold pieces when you pick it up. I hate these people. That was intentional. That's exactly how much I needed to get Ravnus out of that fight. Fuck these people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was a Fuck. shot across the bow. <laughs> um, God, fucking, I, maybe he does count it then, and he, it makes it even matter. <laughs> because, he, I mean, he thinks that that's, that was another, like, shot at him. Like, look, you know, we could have gotten her off the whole time. We could have, you know, bought her off, and this would have been an easy... We could have had you fight. We could have had somebody else fight. We could have put our own person in there by buying her off. But instead, we gave mm-hmm. you this money. Luckbeak is just incensed and sad, mm-hmm. and he just feels like shit. Um, mm-hmm. So he's just gonna... <laughs> I, I don't know. He's just... what time? It's late, right? It's late. It's nighttime. So night is a weird concept on the Deer Anchorage because it's a small, like, asteroid-sized body floating in space. So even when you are on the side of it that is away from the dual suns of the system, you could probably walk 20 minutes to get to the day side of it. But it is night in the activity cycle of the station, I suppose. Sure, sure. Don't mess up the film noir of this whole thing right now. It's (laughs) night and I'm sad. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, the sky is always dark and starry, regardless of its space. Yeah, yeah. It's space. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, So I, I guess I'm... I mean, I guess I'm just going to kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't like wander, I guess. I mean, I, I, I can't go to a bar and get drunk. Another insult Uh-oh. by Doar uh, metabolism. <laughs> uh, so is there uh, is is there an orchard around, Nick? So you have heard about the tillage ward, which exists on the bottom side of Nadir Anchorage. And it's this archaic elven ship, which is made from this gigantic living plant that has now overgrown. So there's these gigantic leaf petals that have been repurposed for surfaces to grow crops on. And then you know that there are a bunch of little farms and ranches, and it would stand a reason that if there was going to be an orchard anywhere, yeah. it would be down there. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to uh, to scuttle my way over to the tillage ward. Sure. Yeah, you head that way. And you actually know that like the access down to the tillage ward, it's a little tricky because it's on the other side of the gravity plane. Mm-hmm. So from the sutler ward, the market, there is a set of switchback stairs that go down the side of it. And when it gets to the gravity plane, there is this lift that is on this like Ferris wheel like structure that rotates around and when it gets to the gravity plane the platform you're on flips over as the structure spins sure uh, and there's a little gnome operator there because the whole structure looks like it's this gnomish tinkered <laughs> contraption yeah um, but regardless this gnome with his big bushy gray mustache uh, looks like he's half awake and when you walk up you go oh, 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 here you go and- <laughs> Yeah, let's. No, that's all right. I want to undercut this moment as much as possible to have a man who just killed someone have to get on a Ferris wheel to get to where yeah. they. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Is there is there payment or does he just do it for fun? No, he just does it. Okay, he cool. Just does it. <laughs> it's a good way to spend your retirement. It's like it's like an elevator operator. Okay, yeah. sure, sure. You know they get paid, Nick. They don't do it for fun either. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna take a take it to the tillage ward then. You do it and you find yourself, it's this weird perspective where you you look down at the bottom of the docks, Mm -hmm. the underside of all these ships Mm. below your eye line and all the ships look upside down and you see these big leafy fronds kind of weave their way through everything and it's kind of deserted down here and you see that there is a bunch of like boardwalks that are stretch out and kind of weave their way through these massive green platforms basically at different levels and you know there's stairs that go up and you see a couple small structures here and there and you see amongst various plants like corn and beans and all this stuff but you see that off a little ways one of these massive leaf petals like several acres of land's worth on it there is a copse of trees okay um i'm going to approach the trees what kind of trees are they they are apple trees. Cool. Definitely going to uh, sneak my way in here and uh, and and take a bite of one. You do it. Great. There's no one really around. It's after work hours for anyone who works down here, uh, tending to the various uh, farms. And you sit there eating some apples. 
Cool. I'm going to eat enough to, I mean, the equivalent of getting blackout drunk. Got it. Yeah. You get a couple, uh, like, you know, a apple is like a beer. And you get a couple apples in and you're feeling pretty good. And I imagine you're kind of uh, sitting at the base of a tree, mm-hmm. slumped against it, and you're wallowing in your own sorrows. Yeah. And you you see a figure walking by. Uh a short figure, a halfling or gnome from a distance, a female. And it looks like she has an easel under her arm and she's walking by and she does a double take at you and walks forward and you recognize her. This is Tiana. Okay. Oh, fuck. Uh... And she, she sees you and she kind of cautiously steps forward and you see her sign. Luckbeak, are you okay? Uh, I, 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 I nod vigorously and I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know if my flipper can make the okay symbol, but like, <laughs> fine. It's, I, can, do I know, can she read lips? By now you've learned that she can a little bit. It's not as efficient, but she can. Sure. Uh, I think I'm probably too drunk to recall the sign language that I learned. And that, that works with your beak somehow. We're, <laughs> we're, 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 it's fine. Yeah, we're it. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, I say, uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you, Tiani. It's good. She'll sign. You you don't look fine. Okay. Wh- why? Because, uh, because why? Why don't I look fine? She she gives you like a concerned look, kind of up and down. And she, she signs. Can I sit? <sighs> yeah, sure. And she sits down next to you and she just sits there for a moment i think it's just like companionable silence yeah after a few moments she uh like she she was holding an easel under her arm she sets that on the side and she has kind of like a a wide kind of pack that's thin like an art case and she opens that and pulls out a canvas and she shows you and it's this it's not done but it's this beautiful purple nebula speckled with stars over the tops of trees you recognize that that this is some vantage point somewhere here in the tillage ward it's it's pretty it's really pretty you did that she nods she signs she's no artist but she has a lot of free time on the void fair no don't don't do that don't this humble no come on you this is pretty this is really pretty it's beautiful like you take care of the kids and you make the art just like i didn't shit that i didn't know you could do that's shut up just shut up like that's so good (laughs) she laughs and signs thank you i say uh can i can i buy this can i can i buy this she looks at you surprised and she signs you you would want to yeah uh one hundred yes is it for sale? It can't be. Yeah. Then she signs like, I, I still need to finish it. Finish it? No, no, no. This is it. This is it. It's done. And I mean, maybe there's some, fuck, I don't know, some metaphor. Maybe the beauties in the unfinished parts and fucking negative space. And I don't, but it's perfect. Uh, she laughs again. Uh, don't, come on. Don't, I'm not trying to make a joke. There is, Tiana, there's this one girl. Can I tell you about this one girl? She signs, please. Like, her, listen, like, because I knew her a long time ago, and her name was Glinti, and, like, I was in love with her. Like, and I know it's, like, I don't even know you, like, doesn't matter. But here's the thing is just, like, we had something, and then we're never going to have it again. Like, she's I can't go back to where I was before and I can't go back to what I had before and maybe that's my life and I have to accept that the beauty is in the unfinished parts sometimes right so I want to buy this painting from you Tiana she she nods um and she signs okay there's a pause and then she signs why can't you go back um I I stand up and uh I pull out the bag of 500 gold and I take the painting and I put the gold down next to her and I just leave. 
she is shocked um, at that, but doesn't follow. Um, I was planning on like passing out here at the orchard, but it, now that this ha- all happened, I maybe I, I I think I go back to my my room on the void fair, and I I I drunkenly try to hang this painting, and as I'm hanging it, like I'm I I have this like nail that was already in the wall, and I try to hammer in another one, and I'm so fucking drunk that I I hammer it in wrong, and I hit my hand, and I'm angry, and then I try to hang this painting, and when I'm hanging it, I tear it somehow, and I get so fuck like just pissed that that something so beautiful can be destroyed so easily, and I just take it and I rip it apart. Projectderailed.com. Wow. Yeah. All right, that's it. <laughs> I'll see you guys next session, right? That was my only scene. <laughs> no, that's that's fucking good.